Welcome to the Seriously Social Podcast with your host, Simone Douglas. This week, Simone chats with Karen Dale from Mates in Construction. They talk about mental health in the construction sector and about new approaches to helping people in need. Okay, so on this week's episode of Seriously Social, the podcast, I have my very good friend, Karen Dale. Um, Karen is the Marketing and Business Development Manager at Mates in Construction. Karen, thanks for coming along today. Thank you for having me. Uh, can you just give our listeners the Cliff Notes version as to how you've ended up here? Here? Okay. Well, I've been in marketing for a number of years. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and mostly in the construction industry, um, all sorts of different roles within construction. Most of the time, though, I have worked in very small teams or on my own. Mm-hmm. So it was really important for me to keep in contact with the marketing industry because being on my own, I just needed to know, am I doing things the right way? Am I keeping up with the current trends, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. which is where I met you yeah. on one of our um, uh, committees. Committee adventures. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was probably about six years ago, I think. And really yeah, was, yeah. yeah, and stayed in contact, obviously, mm-hmm. and I saw your social media post about the podcast. I thought, that sounds like a bit of fun. Let's give it a go. Yeah, oh, it's a good excuse to catch up too. It I is. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Mates in Construction for those people that may not understand. Yeah, sure. Mates in Construction is a charity that aims to reduce suicide in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's branches all around Australia. We are Mates SA. Yeah. Um, suicide in construction is higher than the average Australian. Um, so it's really important that we focus on our people and that we're tailored just for our industry. Mm-hmm. We understand them. We talk to them, etc. So, yeah. yeah, we're a very small team. There's mm-hmm. about six of us yeah. here in SA. Um, we've just got a new person starting with us next week, which is very exciting. Um, so, yeah, our team reaches a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah, so I do the marketing and business development, Mm -hmm. so promoting the business, creating more awareness around the problem, Yeah, why we're here, how we can help, getting more people to use our services, do Mm -hmm. our training, that type of thing. So I'm curious about this because my brothers are both in construction, so in varying degrees, one of them is FIFO, not FIFO, FIFO, Um, and actually got stuck in WA when right. he was due to do his home rotation and things. So there are all sorts of things. Um, I think, you know, additional pressures and additional yeah. considerations. Um, is that compounded by, you know, that stigma around, you know, blokes in particular yeah. in construction? I mean, I know there are women in construction as well. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the big, strong people yeah. that build things. Yeah. Kind of. A lot of what we talk about is starting a conversation, mm-hmm. um, reaching out to people. Um, because that is a major factor that yeah. a lot of the time men won't talk about their problems and it is a male-dominated industry. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, we are – what we really promote with our program is a help-offering model mm-hmm. as opposed to a help-seeking model. So help-seeking is when someone knows they're not travelling well and they'll ring or they'll reach out to someone yeah. for help. We understand, too, that people don't always make the right decisions at that point. Mm-hmm. And so we create a community of people who know the signs and signals that someone else isn't travelling well and equip them to have a conversation. So if I notice that you're a bit quieter than normal or or even a bit louder than normal but just not normal, 
I can walk up to you and start a conversation and see how you're traveling. Yeah. And it's a very effective way because it's all about early intervention. Yeah. So that's what we're doing within our industry. And yeah, the, the guys really, and I say the guys, but it's guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Our, the girls in the construction industry are often the go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're like the mother sense. hen in yeah. the group. Yeah. And because they show empathy and compassion <coughs> regularly, yeah. they are the ones the guys talk to. Mm-hmm. But now the guys are talking to each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Sense. Yeah. But definitely. Yeah. I'm going to pause for a second because I'm going to cough up a lot. <coughs> Chris, mm-hmm. you passed me that water glass. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> oh, Karen. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I totally lost my train of thought then and just uh, kept talking and filling in the gaps. <laughs> no, that's perfect. But I forgot to drink water between <coughs> podcasts now. My throat's like, what? Once you're done, I'm just mm. going to get another clap. Um, okay. And yeah. Yeah, just, just to help some uh, to, Marie. Sorry, to help Marie. Yes. Yeah, you ready? So I think it really is true too, like when you have gender diversity in the workplace, sometimes that stereotype of the mother hen yeah. um, is, is quite common, I think, particularly yeah. in construction. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I don't want to be too no. stereotypical, yeah. but yes, I, I speak to a lot of um, women who do our training program mm-hmm. who say, I'm here because I have a responsibility to learn how to manage these conversations. Yeah. Because more times than not, someone on site will corner me or, mm-hmm. you know, happen to meet me in the corner of the lunchroom and want to talk to me about yeah. what's going on in their world. So they come to us and do our training so they actually know what to say and yeah, what to do in the, that time. Uh, so if you, there's someone listening to this that maybe has a team of people in construction uh, and they want to create that kind of supportive workplace environment where people are trained in early intervention in mm-hmm. terms of conversations and do you guys do like mental health first aid and things like that as well or is it your yeah. own kind of yeah we we have three levels mm-hmm. of training that we do um the first one is general awareness training and we actually aim to train 100 percent of the workforce in this yeah. it's about 40 minutes yeah and it's the type of thing people don't don't know until they're told and they go oh, that's so obvious and that's great mm. from that point we ask for volunteers to do the next level yeah we we usually get a really good uh, amount of people putting yeah. their hands up because they say that is something i need to know mm-hmm. the next level is about three half three and a half hours long mm-hmm. and it gives a more of an understanding of what to look for and how to manage it so that's called connect level and mm-hmm. someone becomes a connector they're the person on site where someone can go i don't think is looking too good yeah they can go to the connector and the connector can then go and mm-hmm. have a chat with Jono. The next level is assist, which is applied suicide intervention skills training. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's an international model mm-hmm. that we use. And that's two days in an interactive workshop. Yeah, cool. It, it's full on. It, it is the most amazing training session I've done. Your head spins, but you walk out. You've got a formula and a plan of how mm. to keep someone safe if they're, if they're on the edge. So yeah. it's really, really clever. So I would recommend any organisation who has a team of people and they want to create a community that's self-sufficient mm-hmm. and looking out for each other, do all three levels. Yeah. Not everyone has to do all three, mm. but there's a certain percentage. Usually every site we recommend one yeah. assist worker. So it's, yeah. 
Um, but the other side of what we do is offer support. Yeah. And all of this support is absolutely free. So we've got okay. case management service. Um, anyone in the construction industry and their family, their yeah. immediate family, can phone our helpline. Oh, cool. They can enter our system. We can put them in touch with um, counsellors depending mm-hmm. on what your problem is. It's all individually um tailored assistance yeah Yeah. so if it's drug and alcohol problems is it financial is it whatever it could be a whole range of things our case manager who's local um she will connect you up with whatever you need and then they will work through it with you yeah awesome yeah so whether you've done our training or not you still pick up the phone absolutely our service is there for everyone so yeah it's a it's a pretty awesome service i gotta say yeah so um that sounds like a pretty awesome service. So what is it that keeps you in the job? Because you've been there for a while now. I've been there three years now, yeah, yeah. which is a record for me. I haven't been anywhere for three years for a while. Um, we'll start, to start with, it's a great team that I yeah. work with. You know, like that that's what keeps you in the mm. job, isn't it? Um, I love the team I work with. They're all very passionate, yeah. very grounded, um, yeah, really good people. Um, the job itself is great. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what we're doing really matters. Yeah. So it's got a higher purpose thing. It does. It, yeah. it does. And I've worked in the industry for a long time for businesses who were generating revenue. Yeah. And that's fine because that's business. Yeah. But this has been the first real role I've had that is a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. It's about making a difference, supporting people. Um, it really – it's great. Yeah. 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 Do you think that there's actually um there's a ch- I feel like there's a changing landscape and I think it was changing before covid but I think covid has like brought it to the forefront um that there are more and more businesses and organizations so just not dedicated not for profits but more and more businesses and organizations that you know are cognizant of and interested in the impact they have on their wider community yeah. and how they make it better. Yeah. I really do. And one thing that showed me that was last year during COVID, part of my job is to bring in industry partners Mm -hmm. to help fund our program because we're not fully funded by a long shot. Mm -hmm. So we have an industry partnership program, which is a structured Mm -hmm. partnership. I'd been working on that for about a year and a half, you know, building relationships, that type of thing. During COVID, we signed up about eight businesses. Yeah. And that took us from three to eleven. Mm. Do, do you know yeah, what I mean? So like big, yeah. it was because businesses suddenly went, "We've got to stop on all essential spending, mm. but this is absolutely essential yeah. because of what's going on in our world right now." Yeah, of course that makes sense. So yeah. they spent money in this area to keep us going because they knew we were supporting their people yeah. in the industry. So yeah, I do. I agree with that. Mm. I had a conversation, um, you know, with a guest the other day around to. I think COVID has changed um, the conversation around mental health. So all of a sudden it's perfectly um, normal to talk about struggling with your mental health. It's okay to talk to, you know, other business owners about the fact that life's difficult or that you're not coping um, because all of these outside forces. But it also has then normalised the opportunity to talk to people about, well, actually I'm always struggling or, you know, like, some days I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah, exactly mm. right. And it's easier then for people to confide in someone, yeah. to have that conversation. And often you just need to have a conversation. Not everyone who rings our um, our helpline 
they don't need long-term care. Yeah. Sometimes they just need a quick conversation. Mm. So, yeah, never underestimate the power of a quick conversation with someone about how they're going. Yeah. Likewise, if you're bottling something up, yeah, just talk to the person next to you because these yeah. days they've probably just had that conversation with someone else exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think too it's really important, particularly when – your public persona is one of being like really strong and yeah. all of those things um, to let that persona fall occasionally. Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of when I have a blanket four day, it's a blanket four day. The world can know today yeah. I'm yeah. drinking whiskey and sitting on the couch yeah. and the world can go to hell mm-hmm. and everyone's like, Oh, you're human. Thank yeah. Christ. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. because it's, there's a danger that you set, you know, inadvertently yeah. set up this, self-fulfilling prophecy that you know people should be able to and should such an awful word because it's a guilt induction yeah it and it that kind of persona that you're always on top of things yeah it reinforces to others that they're not as good as that Mm -hmm. so being real and honest about the fact that oh i'm like that a lot of the time but then the other part of the time i need to Yeah. yeah like wrap myself in a blanket um it shows other people that that's totally normal. Yeah. And and then people go, oh, no, I am actually doing okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, I <clears throat> have a really high stress tolerance. Absolutely, I do. And I love a busy pace. In fact, I'd get bored otherwise. But um, you need to, you know, when I keep that pace, I also then hit the brick wall and have to yeah. have the blanket for it. So. Yeah. <coughs> Um, so what advice would you give to someone that's maybe listening that is thinking that they're sucking at everything? Because I think that's a common, you know, it's a really common statement I hear, particularly from women yeah. uh, in business. It's just like, I'm not doing anything well. Yeah. Well, it's funny when I was standing outside the room about to come in and we're having the conversation that I said, it's times like this, I think, I don't know anything. I haven't got anything to offer. I'm just winging it I'm an imposter mm. and it is such a normal feeling isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely and and this is again why I keep in touch with the marketing community mm-hmm. because it reminds me that no sometimes the powerpoint doesn't work and yeah. sometimes you forget your cord and you've got no mm-hmm. you, you've got no power all of those things are incredibly normal mm. so I think it's best just to stay really grounded yeah absolutely um have a good laugh at yourself yeah. and you know find confide in people have a chat yeah you know and you'll find out that oh you know the person you're talking to accidentally went to a meeting in their slippers that day or something yeah. you know and i have done that before but it, it makes you feel like no no we're all we're all struggling yeah. yeah we are all human and mm. being human means we struggle yeah the absolutely. struggle is very real and it doesn't matter what your struggle is it could be really big to someone else or really small to someone yeah. else but it's very real i think that's a really good spot to end on karen thanks so much for joining me today thanks for having me yeah, my pleasure hope you enjoyed this episode of seriously social check our website for the latest news show notes and for details about Simone's latest book confident networker You'll find us at socialmedia.aok.com.au slash podcast.